2: Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. Today we're going to tackle dating because dating is the place people feel the most directionally challenged. Damona Hoffman is a celebrity dating coach, host of the award-winning podcast Dates and Mates, and the official love expert on the Drew Barrymore show. She has written dating columns for the LA Times and Washington Post and worked as a dating expert and spokesperson for top dating apps including OKCupid, okay Match, and Bumble. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and her two children and she has so much advice to share with us. So without further ado, here is my awesome conversation with Demona Hoffman. Challenged. You guys, I am here with Demona Hoffman. She came highly recommended from Melissa, who you all know and love. And Demona, I'm so happy that you're here today because it is very true. The place that people feel the most directionally challenged is dating. <laughs> it It really is. And I know you have a book out that is out now about how modern daters are still subscribing to an outdated set of dating relationship rules. So can you talk to us through that, what are the outdated relationship rules that we're all succumbed to? And how can we continue to grow and evolve and ultimately find the one?
3: Well, we've all been fed a steady diet of the, the fairy tale playbook, right? <laughs> From the time we're little, we're like, this is what it's supposed to look like, this is what it was supposed to feel like. And I have learned both personally and through my work that. Those ideas that were seeded so long ago, even before the fairy tales we read in prior generations and just throughout history, they don't necessarily fit for the times that we're in today. And so in F the Fairy Tale, I identified what I saw as the four biggest myths that people are sort of holding on to as remnants of the way that we used to find love. That no longer apply in modern dating. And those myths are the list myth, the rules myth, the chemistry myth, and the soulmate myth.
2: So the list myth being making a list of everything we want in someone. And if they don't check off all the boxes, then we look the other way. Correct?
3: Yes. And it even goes beyond that because as a dating coach of now over 17 years... It's funny because I'll ask people at the beginning of our work together, well, what are you looking for? And it's, I get one of two things. I either get this list that's a mile long or I get, well, I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. And there's a sweet spot within there of clarifying really what you specifically want. Because a lot of times when I do look at that super, super long laundry list, it's not specific. And It's funny because I I, on on my podcast, I'm always talking to other dating experts and they say that their clients give them the same exact list. So if I'm seeing the same list that somebody else is giving their dating coach or matchmaker, I think it's time for us to write new lists. Mm. What does being a dating coach entail? <laughs> A lot of things, I'm your best friend, I'm your therapist, I'm your tech support. <laughs> but really i I take people through the entire process of finding love. I say my expertise is really predate to pre-marriage. And I originally started out, actually, you'll probably relate to this. I started out as a casting director. Oh, wow. And I I used to teach actors classes at night in marketing and audition techniques because I saw there was a really big gap for that kind of information being shared. Like, what do you need to do? How do you need to present yourself Mm -hmm. to be seen, to be in the right room at the right time with the right person. And I was online dating at that time Kayla and I saw the similarity between what I would tell actors, you know, about telling their story and a headshot was basically a dating profile photo and a first date is always an audition, right?
2: Wow, I've never thought of it this way. <laughs> I mean, it makes so much really? sense.
3: Oh my gosh, it makes so <laughs> much sense. Yes, wow. Well, in it it, it it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time, you know, when mm. I was in it and I'm probably where I was, where a lot of your listeners probably are right now, where you're just like, this just feels so frustrating and overwhelming. And then then I realized, oh, I can take this skill that I've learned professionally and I can apply it to dating and it actually works. I met my husband online and then people started coming to me asking me, well, what's your secret? And I'm like, well, let me see your profile. And I'm like, oh, girl, you got the wrong picture there. You're saying this. You think you're saying that. So I started out originally just as a dating profile writer, but I found out then that I was getting people on these dates and then they were getting in the room and they, in the audition of the first date, they were not always moving to second dates and third dates. So I said, well, I need to get more skills. I became certified as a life coach and then specifically as a dating coach to help people through this entire process because I saw that the landscape was changing faster than we could really keep up. And as people moved to dating apps, which I had been on, I I was on dating apps over 20 years ago. and People were like, what? Did they exist? Yes. Well, Mm -hmm. they existed as dating sites, but the way that we connect has changed. The way we communicate has changed. Like 20 years ago, you didn't text someone to them out on a date like right. now if, if you call someone they're like why are you calling me it's this is so a huge true position <laughs> so it's just all it's been constantly shifting over the last two decades that I've been I've been in the dating scene I just want to give people a roadmap
2: yeah so you met your husband on a dating app so I feel like you've seen them evolve and change over time dramatically. So what are people? I I just I don't know. It feels as if it's hard to remain authentically you through a screen. And I think that might be what people are struggling with. Right. And we all see ourselves from a certain perspective, which may not be how other people see us right? So what are a few of the tips and tricks that you have found people are making? The,
3: like, I guess, what are the biggest mistakes that people are making? Oh, that's big. <laughs> there are so many mistakes out there, but I really, it actually kind of comes back to what you originally said in your question. It comes back to authenticity because you could make a quote mistake, but that's kind of when we get into the rules myth where you're playing by a certain rule book or you're thinking if i just do x and y and z then he's going to do x y and z and then we'll live happily ever after and it's so much more about getting to the who you authentically are knowing how to get your story across through your photos because mm-hmm. look we can we can lament the fact that we so many people are dating on apps and that's yes. how the predominant right the predominant way that we're connecting today and we can be sad about the fact that people are not really reading profiles and are just swiping based on the Books. first initial glance mm-hmm. or we can understand that and use that strategically to be able to chart our path in love mm-hmm. and so that's what that's what i really want to help people do is to understand look the rules have changed we can't go by the rules myth and we can't be longing for something in the past that doesn't exist today. But we can take control of our own dating destiny and figure out how to use these tools. The, the biggest thing actually that I see having shifted over the last, the last couple of the last decade or so isn't even the fact that we're meeting online. It's actually the communication piece. And the way that we now are having asynchronous, meaning like not at the same time, written communication, our brains did not evolve for that. We Mm. need inflection. We need body language. We need so much more to be able to take in what somebody is saying than just the written words on the page. And now we're over text, social media, you know, DMs, all all of these methods of communication for convenience have shifted to just the written words on the page and maybe a couple of emojis. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn how to navigate that if we're going to get to what we really want, which is real human connection.
2: Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. (laughs)
1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more
4: at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural to find out if it's right for you.
0: Hold up. What was that?
2: And we're back. I have two friends who are married with two kids and they met online. Neither of them chose to put a picture on their profile. Now, this is interesting to me. And I'm wondering what your what your position on this is. Granted, it was about eight years ago. So I think the dating world has evolved significantly since then. But neither of them chose to put a picture on because they really wanted it to be about who they were inside. And that's how they chose to put themselves out there. Is that even a form of dating that works these days? Or how does someone communicate? If not, how does someone communicate who they really are? because you're right people just swipe based on the photo and we're all so much more than that.
3: <laughs> we are so much more than that. And I love that story and I also acknowledge it can't happen today. Yeah, when I okay. originally started online dating I didn't have my photo on cuz I in the world that I lived in as a casting director I was like I'm going to get actors that are trying <laughs> to Yeah, but that's the reality like I don't know that they're they're to date me so i need to keep up a little bit of a wall now the funny thing is that i switched dating sites right before i met my husband i was on a i moved to a different site and i said you know what i need to put my photo here i need to be my authentic self and he ended up writing to me matching with me first and we live happily ever after oh, wow. but i had i had to bring down that wall so that I could really actually be my authentic self. And I it makes for a great story. And I think we all want to believe, no, they're in love with me for what's on the inside, which is true. And physical attraction is a part of attraction. But, you know, there's like, there's so much frustration with the dating apps that I think is a little bit misplaced. Like we just put it all on the dating apps and it's like, if it wasn't just about how people look, then then I would meet someone. and. I feel like it's not really fair to singles to do that mm. because it gi- it gives away their power and how much they can actually control the outcome by showing up differently, by having different photos, by, you know, and this is like, I talk about this in F the Fairy Tale, like, what gets track gets measured right and I, mm. I it's very strategic i know it's not romantic at all but i just do the strategic stuff so you can get to the romance if you actually start to look at which photos are getting you which kind of messages and engagement and you look at the actual results of the dates and the experiences that you're having both online and off you can make different choices and show up differently to create a different result
2: that makes so much sense and you you did kind of start to talk about this and I'd love to go in depth a little bit further it does seem like a lot of people do blame the app and I know that's something that you talk about as well you know there are so many different options out there and so many people I know are on all the different apps and all the options but then they're not quite sure is there a certain type of app that's fits for a certain type of individual? Is it something, walk us through, how do we know which one is the right app for us?
3: You test it. (laughs) You try it out. But I'll make it simpler for your listeners. There are two things that I tell my clients to pay attention to when they start a new app. Number one, do I like the pool of singles here? If I go on, am I like, oh, okay, there are actually people that I would swipe right on and say yes to. And The other question, these are the only two questions. Do I like the functionality? Like, am I dreading every time I open the app, like, oh, I have to go on this app again? Mm. Or am I like, okay, I, I can make this work. Those are the only two questions. We put so much on the apps and the different identity of the apps. Like, oh, well, this is the hookup app. Well, this is the app that's for women. This is for the smart people. This is for the celebrities. And it's like, the apps don't have feelings. They don't, <laughs> you know, they don't know your life. They're just tools. They're just tools, and it's all in how you use it. And I don't want anyone using a tool if they're just hating it and dreading it, you know. Because some of them, they're all different. Like in a, in F the Fairy Tale I Breakdown, there's actually four different types of apps, and they all work differently. And you've got to find the match and the combination that's right for you. And also, you're not marrying the app, mm. so. There may be apps that, and this is why I never will say like, oh, this is the best app. Mm. There may be apps that work for you at a certain time in your life, at a certain age, in a certain location, if looking for a certain trait that don't work for you later in life or work don't work for your friend across town. Right. And you have to sort of cycle through to find which apps are ultimately getting you the best results. I love that. Thank you. You know, it's interesting.
2: Valentine's Day is coming up and I have a really just random story about it. And it, uh, just bear with me as we go through this. But one time I was dating someone, I did not meet them through an app. I met them through a friend and it was actually a casting director that set me up with another person. And I was unaware it was around Valentine's Day. And he said to me, hey, so what are you doing next Friday? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, do you want to hang out? I was like, sure, absolutely. And then after we left, it was our first date. So he was setting up the second date. I looked down at the calendar and realized he was asking me to hang out on Valentine's Day. It was too much. I I canceled it. I, I did not see him again. It was way too much for me. So in your experience with dating, how long or at what time do you ask someone to hang out on Valentine's Day? Because it is... It is hard. It's the world saying, hey, it's a day about love. And when you're searching for love, you do want to have someone. But it was too much for me. And and it actually ruined our entire experience together. Oh, my gosh. Wow,
3: that's intense, Kayla. Okay, thank you. It is intense, Uh, right? I I needed that validation. (laughs) It is an Oh, man, you bring it. You're bringing me back to so many Valentine's Days that I also spent single and like watching my roommate go out, get picked up and get the chocolate and flowers and be like, oh, why not me? Because I always hear from my clients. There's this pressure that we put on Valentine's Day. My busiest season. This is always my busiest season. Uh Like as soon as January 1st hits, people are like, okay, new year, new love. I've got, I want to do this differently in 2024. Yeah. I don't want my parents asking me, like, why aren't you bringing somebody home for the holidays? I don't want to, I, I want to do it fresh. But then as we approach Valentine's Day, the level of anxiety gets higher and higher and higher. And we have, we have told ourselves such a story about Valentine's Day that it holds so much meaning that it can put that pressure on when it's just a regular date. What I will tell you is that I've also learned in my work that most guys don't actually know when Valentine's Day is. (laughs) Not even joking. Like the first Valentine's Day I spent with my husband in advance. I'm a planner. He is not. I was like, I'd like to do this for Valentine's Day. And like, this is this is my idea of a perfect Valentine's Day. And he was like, Okay, got it. We're going to I'm going to make a reservation at this place on it. Uh He didn't know that you have to make reservations in advance. Oh, so literally, like oh. the day before he called the restaurant and they're like, get out of here, dude. Like, you know? So we ended up making pasta in his apartment and it was beautiful and lovely. Very different than the story I had told myself about Valentine's Day, but just goes to show the lack of awareness that can be around Valentine's Day for some people.
2: That's hilarious. So are you telling me that maybe he had no idea that Friday was Valentine's Day? What made It's possible.
3: <laughs> Can you do you still have the number? Can you call him back? <laughs> it's been so long. No, my
2: husband and I have been together now for 13 years, which is a yeah. pretty long time. And it's funny, we sort of we don't boycott Valentine's Day, but we just hate all the prefix meals, which are fine and all this stuff. So now we we value the stay at home and make pasta era of our lives instead. And we'll do either a night before Valentine's Day or after. We have two little ones so we're like put them to bed. Let's figure out something after they're in bed. And it is funny how relationships evolve in that way. And the val- one Valentine's Day we just bought our house and so we were moving out of our old place into our house and we were watching all these couples like stroll hand in hand and, and we're just completely drenched in sweat, smelly, covered Like probably the worst versions of ourselves moving shit everywhere. I mean, it was bananas. And I was like, well, you know what? At least we know we love each other for exactly who we are. Because if you love me right now, then I think we're good to go. So it is funny how there's so much put on this special day when in reality, you could just be a sweaty mess. You know, maybe the person that you're supposed (laughs) to be with loves you no matter what. hopefully they do.
3: Yes. And you will be a sweaty mess, certainly throughout 13 years of marriage and the rest of your life. Yes. There are those moments. And those are the moments that are really important in a relationship Mm -hmm. and finding the moments to make special that are not tied to someone else's expectations. Like that's Mm -hmm. what it is. Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day is somebody else's myth, somebody else's story. And you get to write the rules of your own love story. Every day.
2: Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.
2: And we're back. F the fairy tale. What inspired writing this book? I love the title and I think so many people relate to it and I think finding your partner in life is the single most significant thing, right? It changes the course of your life, where you're going to live, how you conduct yourself, all everything. So there is a lot of pressure put on it, obviously, but you also don't want to put too much pressure on it. So Talk to us about what inspired you to write this book. Obviously, there's such a need for it. Was it really just through your work you found that you needed to put
3: all your findings on paper? A little bit of all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been doing my podcast Dates and Mates for 11 years, and I really track the trends in dating and what's happening, like what people's beliefs and challenges are around dating through the questions that I get on the show. And I was really starting to observe, particularly like during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. this growing frustration around the possibilities of finding love. Of course, people have frustrations around dating apps. That was like the only the only option then. And people were saying to me basically, F the fairy tale. And (laughs) they're believing these myths and I really wanted to write a book that would empower people and give them hope. That, Cause I've just seen it turn around so quickly for people once they shift their mindset, they shift their strategy, they show up differently on dates and then they build something. And that's how I've really mapped out the book in these four sections of mm-hmm. the mindset, the search, the date, the future. And so it can really meet anybody where they're at. And, and address that growing frustration with mm. dating being so challenging, relationships being so challenging in today's world because we're not really equipped with the right tools or even the right idea about what it's supposed to look like. And then we're comparing ourselves to the supposed to's mm. instead of focusing on the what we want it to be.
2: Wow. And you know, it's so true because dating is difficult and you don't, it doesn't stop once you find the one. And once you're married, it continues. You have to choose that person every day. You have to constantly try to date that person. And so I can see how F the fairy tale really applies to anyone at any point in their lifetime, because that's something that we're struggling with. We have a one-year-old and a four-year-old and to constantly keep that sort of like, you know, excitement there and the fun of going out on dates and being with each other and falling in love with each other over and over again. And and it is a lot. And I know you talk about this and so much more on your podcast, which is hilarious, by the way, Dates and Mates. What is what is I mean, just the slogan alone, like not your mama's dating advice is great because, listen, <laughs> we all need that. And what are some of your favorite topics to discuss that you find people are most interested in? And what are some of your favorite episodes so our listeners can head on over and check it out?
3: Ooh, this is a great question. I love talking about communication. That is mm. That is number one for me. And I love getting into the nitty gritty of even just how to respond to texts, dissecting texts and analyzing them. So um, I had an episode with my friend Erica Etten, who is one of the OG dating profile writers along with me. There's like four of us out here (laughs) who have been writing dating profiles since before people like even knew what like... (laughs) Now there's so, you know, you throw a rock and you'll hit dating advice on TikTok. But right. we were out here when people were like, I'm embarrassed to be on a dating site. I mm-hmm. don't tell anybody. I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me. So I had an episode with Erica that was fantastic. I also really love what you were just talking about getting into that that really juicy work of figuring out how to continue to date your partner mm-hmm. and make your relationship. I say in the book have a relationship growth mindset, how to always be growing and evolving and quote dating your partner, as you said. Yeah. And I had my idol, Dr. Orna Goralnik on the podcast. She is the, the, yeah, the therapist on couples therapy on Showtime, oh. which is just like the best. Oh. It's just a masterclass in relationship, it's relationship dynamics in general. And it's literally just Watching two people in therapy and she's just masterful. Am I getting this right? Is this a
2: show that is real life therapy that you can watch couples in therapy?
3: Yeah, girl. It's so good. And Dr. Orna is just like, she'll just sit and listen and then she'll say the one thing that you're just like, oh, that just unlocked everything. She just cracks people open. And it's it's actually, I watch it with my husband. Uh It's amazing to just, It's like a good conversation starter for relationships. And it's just a masterclass in in how to go deeper in your relationships. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many episodes (laughs) that I love. I love all of them. But I really love answering people's questions and hearing what's specifically going on in people's love lives. That's what got me into doing the podcast. That's why I wrote F the Fairy Tale. I really want people to feel like I am speaking directly to them and having been a coach for now 17 years and done this podcast for 11 years. I've heard a lot of the stories and I, I know that dating is figure outable. you know, you, uh-huh. that there is a way to do it better and a way to like, I just want to alleviate that pain and frustration that I see from so many singles today because it doesn't have to be this way. But we have the power to shift the dating landscape and to shift our own experience with dating and relationships ourselves.
2: So I have one last question for you. I've noticed a friend of mine who is in a relationship for a very long time and keeps saying, yes, we're going to get married. We're going to get married. But then when she meets someone who seems lovely and she's always, I can tell her interest is peaked, which makes me think that she's not necessarily fully in her relationship. What advice do you have for those that are, I mean, I guess, quote unquote, settling because they think there's nothing else better out there? How can we help encourage our friends to find someone who truly fills them up completely. When we see someone that we know and love, maybe not in the relationship that we, we think is right. I know it's not our place, but I also really kind of think that it's not her person.
3: Yeah. Well, everyone is, of course, on their own journey and has to come to the conclusion themselves. But I really, I want to dismantle this idea that relationships are work. And that they should be difficult, and you should you know go through the fire with somebody and that's just part of a relationship, or that you know the you know the chemistry just dwindles, and that's just one thing that happens. These are also myths. like I had to narrow it down in the book, I had to narrow it down to four myths, but there are so many micro mm. myths that we're all grappling with, and I think this there, there are a lot around this idea of the one and the relationship that you're choosing. And I was the biggest love cynic around. Like before I met my husband, I was like, it's not going to happen for me. And Mm -hmm. I have been completely, completely transformed through this relationship and through the work, of course, that I've been doing for the last 17 years. And I don't feel that relationships are work. I feel that relationships call you to become the greatest version of yourself. And I believe that relationships are a mirror that will reflect your greatest strengths and illuminate the things that you need to work on to, as I said, have a relationship growth mindset, grow into the best human you can be. But I still have passion, chemistry, excitement for my husband. I still feel like we are on a growth trajectory. And I know that we have as I talk about in the book, the four pillars of long term compatibility we have shared goals, shared values, we have clear communication, and we have trust. Mm. Those are the four elements that you need to build the future that you're building, whether you believe that marriage is in the cards for you, and that's the ultimate end game or not. and it sounds like your friend is really is really questioning maybe some of those pillars mm-hmm. and is has not yet looked into that mirror mm. in in to see what is being illuminated, what is being reflected back to her. But all, all relationships have value, whether it's for a season or for a lifetime. And at some point, she hopefully will see that this relationship, it needs to be either committed to fully or transformed. And hey, maybe that's transformed into a triad, a polyamorous situation. You get to choose that, too. (laughs) Maybe it's transformed into her moving out of the relationship. But there's certainly a transformation coming and... I'm here for all of that.
2: Oh, I love it. Well, I'm just going to get her your book and then that'll help her significantly. I won't tell her. You can tell her through your pages. (laughs) Damona, thank (laughs) you so much for joining us today In, in a month that, you know, love is everywhere. And sometimes that's amazing and sometimes it's not. And so we're so grateful to have you. Thank you so much, guys. Go. By f the fairy tale listen to dates and mates you have so much advice to share so thank you for your wisdom really appreciate you she has so much wisdom to share and i can't even imagine how much more is in her book not only is she so lovely but she's got such a real perspective on dating and what i love about her is i mean i don't know about you guys i feel like if you're in out there in the dating pool just be your real authentic self and i know that's so much Easier said than done. You know, Demona is so wise because when she said it's a new year and we all want to start anew, I think it's really important to have realistic goals and realistic expectations when it comes to dating. And I'm so grateful that she was able to give us all of that and so much more. And and to my friends that are single, I think this is a great book. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, happy Valentine's Day and take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post production sound by Coco Lawrence. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.